All right, I hope everybody can hear me. Um, yeah, let's give it a few more minutes here, or a few more seconds, and we'll get started on tonight's episode. Yep, we're just going to go. How's it going, Real Dealers? It is your man, Phil Call, and welcome to another episode of the Real Deal Bros podcast slash radio show. Um, hope everybody's having a good Friday night. The we've been a pretty good week from the looks of it, uh, especially here in California. The air uh, from the uh, wildfires is clearing up a little bit. The air quality has been getting a lot better this whole week. And, uh, yeah, just and I'm glad I could you know go outside and breathe some fresh air. Like I'm still, even though I'm still wearing a mask, yeah, I could still breathing that fresh air that I wasn't able to breathe in for the past three weeks and along with a lot of other uh, uh, Californians and West West Coasters as well. But, um, yeah, anyway, yeah, it's been good. I hope everybody out in New York is uh, doing well. hope their Friday night's been going good. And it was 9 o'clock over there as well as 6 o'clock being over here. And um, yeah, and, uh, before we get into tonight's episode, I do want to pay honor to Judge Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, sadly, it was uh, found out today that she uh, passed away at the age of 87. And um, just knowing how big of a force she was in uh, the United States of America, being the associate justice on the Supreme Court, like like the second woman ever to be on the on the Supreme Court as a judge in, in our country. And um, yeah, she's definitely done a lot throughout her career in politics, you know, just you know, being a huge force and being very outspoken about certain things and you know, fighting the good fight for a lot of Americans and definitely, you know, being a, a popular figure for um uh, the women in our country and just being an inspiration to them as well. And definitely, you know, her career will never be forgotten. You know, she will, she will be missed, sadly. And um, yeah, we just want to pay homage to her. And yeah, I would like to give a quick moment of silence for um her and her uh, memory. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, I just want to, you know, get that out of the way. You know, uh, rest in peace, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Um, yeah, you definitely done a lot for us. And uh, yeah, we wish you the best in the afterlife. So um, anyway, whew, man, this has been a crazy week, uh, really a crazy month for sports. I mean, everything's starting to come back. I mean, sports has probably been in more full swing than it's ever been, just all jam-packed. You know, we still got the NBA playoffs going on. Um, I think, man, who's in the championship right now, actually? I think, you know, um, sadly, I mean, I'm probably going to say, um, you know, I, I haven't, haven't really been keeping up with the NBA playoffs as much as I should be. But, um, yeah, and I've definitely been, you know, watching the highlights and keeping up with the game. So, apparently, right now, they're in the Western um, Conference Finals right now. It's the Nuggets and the Lakers. Actually, Nuggets and the Lakers are playing right now. And on the east side, um, the Celtics and the Heat are already three games into the Eastern Conference Finals with uh, Miami Heat up uh, two games on the Celtics. I know it's looking pretty good. Um, definitely actually pulling for Jimmy Butler. You know, I'm you know, a bit of a Jimmy Butler fan. Slightly, you know, he's been one of my favorite players to watch. And, and um, yeah, of course, the Lakers probably a good shot. Maybe LeBron might make it out with the Lakers because, you know, everybody's kind of like betting on him to win the championship for the year. And, um. Yeah, I think Nuggets, I feel like they got kind of lucky sneaking past the Clippers in the last round. 
But um, yeah, I don't think they'll they have the firepower to make it past the Lakers. But I'm definitely gonna keep an eye on those two series to see what goes down and see who comes out. And yeah, maybe it might be either Lakers, you know, like the like the the odds of whoever makes wins this championship are you know gonna be you know kind of kind of curious. You know, it's, there's a lot of good teams in this fight, and you know we can't really count every team out or count a particular team out because they're really, really that good. And um, yeah, besides, you know, basketball still being in the playoffs, you know, football started last week. Um, definitely a lot of good games came out. Um, yeah, like, you know, I'm so kind of consider myself a Raiders fan, even though they did move to Vegas this year and, you know, they did kind of, you know, left the kind of like a burnt, a burnt bridge in Oakland, but, you know, hey, there's still, there's still an Oakland team in the history books. And yeah, so yeah, definitely, you know, glad they got the win last week. But, um, yeah, I'll probably talk a little bit of football later in. Kind of when it gets into, like, the knee of the season. You know, it's still pretty early. I was just seeing with college football as well. There's, it's still pretty early. They just kicked off. And, um, yeah, probably get into some of that, like, in the meat of their season. So, yeah, expect maybe expect a college football or NFL episode coming up. And, actually, you can tune in on Sundays. You know, in the sports department for LWSU, they're doing the football talk on Sunday so yeah definitely make sure to go check them out but uh yeah anyway we're gonna get into what we're actually what to a particular sport that we're actually talking about for tonight we're gonna get into some NASCAR and into some baseball so we're gonna kick it off with some NASCAR and actually I want to before I get into like the talks about the playoff picture I actually want to highlight a young star that's actually made made big NASCAR headlines uh, this week so I'm kid by the name of Sam Meyer a uh, 17-year-old kid from Franklin, Wisconsin, won the Thursday night doubleheader of the Arca Menard Series and the NASCAR Gander Outdoor Truck Series races at Bristol. And yeah, man, I mean, it is, it, I feel like it is definitely like a feel-good story to know about, you know, a 17-year-old kid, you know, young, young up-and-coming star. He actually just inked a contract with uh, Junior Motorsports for next year uh, to be in a full-time ride. So yeah, it's definitely, a, you know, seeing him win these back-to-back races, definitely putting like, you know, making people turn their heads and make saying like, oh man, this kid, you know, he might be the real deal when he goes up to Xfinity. And yeah, just especially, you know, I gotta say like, especially how young he is, 17 years old. I mean, this kid is fresh out of high school or I don't know, he might still even be in high school. I'm like, I'm not sure. Like he's probably getting ready to graduate in the fall. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was it was good to know that you know hey this guy hey he might be like he, he might be something I don't know actually I'm correction he's not going to Jeremy Morris Sports full time he's actually going he's actually gonna be driving for them in the second half of the 2021 season and he'll drive full time for the two, 2022 season so he he's going to be going he's gonna be driving for Jeremy Morris Sports full time in 2022 he'll drive half schedule for 2021. But like, regardless, you know, he's still a young talent, you know, has grown through the NASCAR rankings or really the stock, pro stock car rankings pretty fast, especially how it's all right. I mean, because it's rare that you see a lot of young guys come come up through NASCAR and they have, you know, this much success in their careers. And like, he's no slouch either. Like he's he's won, won like a few races, actually two championships in the Arkham Menards series, uh, Arkham Menards East series um, already. And he's already won eight races total uh, in two seasons, well, just in the Arkham Menard series, like the main series. But um, yeah, like it's 
again, like it, it is rare to see a young guy like him come through up. I mean, I, I think from as long as I've been watching NASCAR, I, I think I really only remember the, the youngest guy, you know, that started his career pretty young as a teenager and having like early success in their career was, you know, Joey Logano. And Joey Logano, you know, he's a big Xfinity star and uh, back like when he was 18, like back in 2000, like 2008, 2009, those years. Um, yeah, and like, you know, just seeing like Sam Meyer, like, I don't know, I might expect him to be a teen if he, because, well, if he's going into the Xfinity series at seven, at, at 18, I'm assuming 18, 2021, 20, then, you know, he'll be 19, 2022. 20, and, you know, he might be able to get into the cup series at, at 20 years old. And, you know, it's, again, it's rare to come by to see guys going to the cup series that young. But, um, yeah, you know, I'm definitely you know, excited about him. You know, I'm uh, hats off to him for getting those uh, two wins. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, guess, you know, it's like one guy to keep an eye on. And, I, I mean, like, you add that with other uh, young teen stars coming up. You know, like Haley Deegan, she's uh, kind of in the talk, like rumored to be the replacement for Bubba Wallace over at Richard Payne Motorsports. It was actually announced last week that Bubba Wallace won't be returning to Richard Petty Motorsports in 2021. So right now he's scouting out his options to sign on with a different team. And that's also the same with uh, Daniel Suarez. He's, uh, you know, he, he got resignation from Gaunt Brothers Racing. So he won't be driving the 96 car for uh, 2021 either. And um, yeah, you know, like the silly season is right now in full swing. I mean, there's a lot of guys like either Xfinity series or free agents right now. You know, they're, they're set to finish out, out their season. And, you know, yes, like, I feel like this is, is going to be a very interesting, silly season uh, going into it. And, yeah, like we're going to be uh, seeing some moves, like some surprise moves and some uh, shocking uh, sign-offs. And I don't know, like, I, like it's hard to tell. I can't really predict that. But, again, I'm probably I'm going to save that for a later episode for another Sports Talk edition. But, um, yeah, but I really do want to get into uh, – the playoffs. So tomorrow night, it is the elimination race for the round of 16 taking pl- place at Bristol Motor Speedway. It's Bristol, baby. So yeah, definitely uh, be on the lookout for, uh, you know, tomorrow night's race be on NBCSN, I believe. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's a race to, you know, to look out for. I know Bristol very, uh, um, you know, exhilarating track to, you know, watch a race and, of course, you know, they've actually been packed with a lot of races this year. They um, hosted the spring race, like, at the return of uh, NASCAR's return uh, during the pandemic. Uh, during the summer in July, they hosted the All-Star race, which was won by Chase Elliott. The spring race was won by Brad Keselowski, who was actually last week's winner at Richmond. Who So that with his win at Richmond, it clinched his spot into the round of 12. So, yeah, he's already locked in. That's the same with Kevin Harvick, you know, being the – being the winner of the opening race of the playoffs at Darlington a few weeks back. So, um, yeah, like both Kostolowski and, and Harvick already locked in. And Danny Hamlin is clinched uh, his uh, berth into the round of 12 on points, which really isn't a surprise because I expected, you know, Harvick and Hamlin to be in the conversation to be the contenders for the championship four. So, you know, it's not a surprise that they've already solidified their spot into the next round. But uh, the conversation going into uh, tomorrow night's race is who is going to be 
or who's going to try to win, win their way into the round of 12 or who is going to be eliminated in the first in the first round of the playoffs. So as of right now, the standings currently stand for the bottom four drivers is with William Byron being three points to the negative. Um, Cole Custer being minus eight points to the negative. Matt Benedetto being minus 25 points to the negative and Ryan Blaney being minus 27 points to the negative. Now, so I, I get going in, like if you if you guys tuned in to the to the last NASCAR episode that I talked about to you know kick off the playoffs, you know, I did mention these drivers, how they were kind of like the dark horses or kind of like the nut like the no shots at uh you know staying in the playoffs and probably not really uh not really a factor to be you know a championship contender. Well I think the one guy that's going to have the upper hand going into Bristol tomorrow night is Matt Benedetto. So I say Matt Benedetto because the story behind him and really I say like Bristol is, has been, you know, his kind of like his uh, maiden voyage as far as a, a track that he's good at because um around the same time last year when the Brist, when the playoff race of Bristol was like Matt Benedetto did actually lead uh, some laps in that, the night race uh, last fall and uh, even though like he wasn't driving for a, a relatively good team at that time he was still you know competing for that win but um of course like if you look go back and watch that race you see Denny Hamlin he passes him uh, at the at the end of the race and Denny Hamlin goes on the win and funny part about it is after he won he he said in his interview that he apologized to Matthew Middell for passing him because like he knew he was going to pass him because you know Matthew Middell he he just didn't his car just didn't have like the, the the good enough speed in order to go on for him to win that race and you know at that time Matthew Middell he was fighting for a contract because he he knew he was going he was announced that he was going to get let go by Levine Family Racing and you know this guy he did his interview in tears because like he knew like he had a shot to you know get like one last win with his uh, previous team but um really. That, that race at Bristol kind of, you know, it, it kind of solidified his spot to where he is right, right now, running for Wood Brothers Racing, a very historic team, a team that's been uh, relatively fast recently. Um, in the past, you know, they kind of been like that midfield the team. But, you know, they're, they're kind of on the up right now. Like, you know, they had Ryan Blaney and Paul Menard in, the car, in their cars previously before Domenedetto. Then Domenedetto comes in. He starts, you know, uh, putting up uh, good stats for them. He's got two top fives and seven top tens for over uh, the team, which, which is pretty good from Matt, for Matt Mandel standards with him being on a, you know, a bit, a bit of a faster team and the team that's, you know, on, on the up. So I feel like for the Benedetto to, he's going to, I feel like he's going to have to come in the clutch at Bristol. Um, winning the race with him being 25 points out, like with the how the stage uh, stage racing is set, like he could win those, he could win two stages, and you know he could still try to, he could still like you no know, be in the be in the be above the cut line, but I really think he's got a good shot at winning uh, this race just by you know how good he runs there, and you know him being a relatively young driver. I mean, like he he can dominate the track. You know, he just holds the line. You know, he just uh, keeps the car, keeps the equipment in good shape. And I, I think he'll be he'll be fine. And um, as far as the guys that might be uh, on the cusp of uh, not advancing to the next round, 
um, at the borderline above uh, Byron in, in the standings, you have Kurt Busch. I actually have Eric Amarola, Kurt Busch, and Clint Boyer. Now, Clint Boyer, he is 82 points to the good. Or, yeah, well, I think, no, that's right. No, well, no, no, let's just say, like, yeah, he's, he, he's three. He's th- actually three points to the good. Excuse me. Yeah, three points to the good. And, you know, William Byron with him, he minus three. Like, William Byron will have to get a top 10 in a, in, in a stage or in one of the three stages to, you know, get uh, win his way in. And um, think about it, I think I don't know. Like again, like I, I didn't have high hopes for Clint Boyer. I mean, like I rarely do, but but um, I don't know. I feel like you know he doesn't run as well as people think he does at Bristol, which is not a surprise. Uh, Kurt Busch, however, he he does he does pretty well at Bristol. He's got he's got a career win there, and um, next you have two career wins at, at Bristol. But I. Uh, yeah, you know he he he'll definitely run run well in that uh, Chip Ganassi uh, Monster Energy Chevy. Um, Eric Amarola, a uh, bit of a sleeper. Uh, you know, um, Eric Amarola he he runs okay at Bristol. I'll say, um, but I don't know. I think like Demidel and Blaney like they're gonna have a shot at uh, getting um, getting the, those uh, last spots. But um, we'll just have to see. But um, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting race, and I and I encourage everybody to tune to that race. Like even if you're not like a huge NASCAR fan, or if you haven't really been following the playoffs as much as you know, you know the the, the hardcore fans do, you know, I would definitely check that out because Bristol is an exciting track, and they do put on a lot of good racing. I mean, if you look at the old videos of uh, Dale Earnhardt and his battles with Rusty Wallace and Terry Labonte. Or you look at Daryl Waltrip and how he how he dominated Bristol, kind of like I mean, like the guy dominated there so much in his career that he has a grandstand with his name on it. Uh, Sam Earnhardt, Everett, he has a grandstand with his name on as well at the track. But um, yeah, it definitely will be a very exciting race for tomorrow night. Definitely check it out if you can. But um, yeah, but I want to get into the surprise of the playoffs right now. And that surprise is actually no other than Austin Dillon. So Austin Dillon, man, whew. Yeah, actually, I, like, I want to go back to my notes. I wonder where I had him uh, in the in the NASCAR episode. I have my notebook right right in front of me. And I, I think, oh, okay, here we go. Okay, so I put I put Austin Dillon in the category as a sleeper. And boy, man, has he has he shocked me or proved me wrong? In these first two races, like um, he he came close to beating out Kevin Harvick at Darlington in the opening in the opening race of the playoffs, and then he actually ran pretty good at Richmond last week. Definitely a uh, like I'm trying to remember if he won it. Uh, yeah, he he won a stage uh, from what I remember at Richmond. Um, yeah, like yeah, he's. I mean, I don't know, man. Like I have him as a sleeper, and right now he's kind of he's all like woken up, like he's he's waking the NASCAR world up. And you know, again, like I'm not, I'm not gonna say he's gonna run good at Bristol because like, I don't, like Bristol's not really his his track that he runs well at. But you know, he uh, just the way that he's been driving and the way that he's just been like kind of like coming out of the blue and you know proving a lot of people wrong because you know a lot. I'm pretty sure a lot of NASCAR fans they had him, you know, not even making it through the first like of the round of 16. But right now he's he's sitting in sixth place, 36 points to the good. Um, pretty a uh, pretty good spot. I mean, I think really like he could have he could have possibly won last week if you know he just you know like actually it was a crazy well no, actually no, like it, it was kind of crazy last week because I'm not sure what ha- actually happened. 
uh, you know, it, it kind of gets like kind of like wore out the tires a little bit too much. Um, of course, you know, Brad Keselowski go on to win that race, and really the Penske cars dominated. The two two of the Penske cars dominated. I mean, Joey Logano he was up there uh, for for Bet Richmond, and um, you know, Brad Keselowski came in and pretty much led the latter half of the of the race and just dominated and drove away the victory. But um, yeah, but like going back to that Darlington race. Like you see him and like, you know, he's running the midfield uh, for most of that race. And really it was like, you know, the guys that were at the front were Martin Truex Jr. and uh, Chase Elliott. And actually a lot of people were kind of shocked by that uh, whole fiasco with Truex and Elliott at the end of the race. And like, those are actually the two guys that had a decent shot at winning, but you know, Truex, he comes off like uh, at the uh, uh, turn three uh, when Elliot had the lead and then he gets into Elliot and they, they both go into the wall and then both their right side tires are messed up and they're falling back and that causes both of them to have it going to the pit. And then Kevin Harvick, he comes in kind of uh, like, I, I like to say he stole the win. You know, he just like, he just stole it because he like, I'm, like, I'm pretty sure if you asked him, he knew he wasn't going to win that race. But like, he knew it was going to run good, but he didn't know that he was, like, he, he probably didn't say he was going to win that race. However, Austin Dillon, probably if he kept the tires in good shape, would have, would have snuck in and stole the win from Harvick. Yeah, uh, Harvick. And that's, that's like the beauty of the playoffs. And this is just with any sport, not just NASCAR or baseball, but just that impact that a like athlete has or that driver has, and they could come through in a clutch when they least expect it. And you know, they, like they rarely want to question themselves when they come into the clutch, because like, yeah, they like they they know they don't they like they know their ability and they know their chances, but you know, it's just there's a fine line of knowing that you're gonna make it and not knowing that you're gonna make it. And you know, I'm glad that I'm seeing these surprise drivers because I feel like this is what the sport needs. I know a lot. Of, like I was listening to um, PRN. Uh, this week and there are you know a lot of people saying like oh man that Richmond race was a little bit boring and and like oh you know it wasn't excitement I was expecting more crashes and you know all that and even Clint Boyer he himself said that oh man like I feel like you know if we have more cautions like this race was you know went a lot better for me and I don't know I, I guess we're kind of in that age or like really like the, the NASCAR fans that are coming into the sport that are kind of like you know getting more familiar with it they're I feel like they haven't found like that appreciation for what good racing looks like and what good racing looks like is you know you don't want to see too many cautions because you know hey that that takes up a lot of time you know I just want to watch the race and get out there but you know like the one thing about NASCAR like what like really like the popular answer for what makes what makes someone want to watch a nascar race is the crashes that's a sad truth because you know nascar is still even though like with how as safe as the cars are and i epitomize safe but like for me to epitomize how safe the cars have gotten go back and look at ryan newman's crash at daytona 500 earlier this year and that will give you a, a clear explanation or a clear example of how safe these new cars have gotten. Now, I'm pretty sure it's gonna, they're become, gonna become a lot safer when the next gen cars come out in 2022. But, you know, like back then, like in the 80s and the 90s, like 70s and like early on, like those cars were dangerous to drive. And like, you know, they were like, I mean, on average NASCAR would get about like four or five deaths a year or a season. 
And right now that number is shrunk, shrunk down to like just about zero. There's is 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 rare nowadays that you see a death or a fatality in NASCAR by the cause of a wreck. And you know, again, and that's how a lot of like, you know young people that are are trying to get, get into the sport. That's what they expect to see. They expect to see you know that carnage, and you know that's what's going to put buzz in the seats, and that's what's going to get people to turn the channel to a NASCAR race. But um, yeah, we just got like I feel like. As a you know, as a longtime fan, I I think for me to encourage young people to get into it, don't focus so much on the wrecks, but focus more on just the the skill because the racing is excite is, is exciting. Even though like I, you know it looks kind of bland and you know passes look a little too clean, like the you know they're they, like just you know watch a few races and then you know, you'll start to develop a sense of like appreciation for their talent, you know, just by how they handle the car, just by the strategies that the, that their pit crews uh, call, or, you know, just by, you know, like the clutch moments that they have. I mean, it's, it's, it's exciting. And I'm definitely willing to encourage a lot of people to get into that. You just, you know, you just got to find that appreciation for, you know, what the sport was meant to do, because like, these are talented, you know, drivers, like these guys are professionals. So yeah, I just definitely want people to understand that you know the sport isn't easy as easy as it seems, or it doesn't have to have like a certain level of violence for people to become attached to it. That's that's all I'm trying to say. But um, yeah, definitely check out that Bristol night race tomorrow. It's gonna I know I know for sure it's gonna be a good one. I know I'm gonna be on the couch watching that race, and uh, yeah. I'm, uh, like, you know, again, like, I don't mean to come off as biased, but I am pulling for my guy, Chase Elliott, even though he is pretty much locked into the next round. He's he's 28 points to the good, which, which puts him in a in a good spot. He's like in the mid the mid table of the cutoff line from like, that's at 12. He's sitting in seventh. So, yeah, he's in a good spot. But I do want to do would love to see him win the race. Of course, you know, he did win the million dollar all star race uh, in the summer, at which happened at Bristol. Um, yeah, he, he knows how to drive the track. You know, he has a good car. Um, yeah, like, I mean, he, he's good. He, he's good. And there's like a lot of these guys that are pretty much already above the cut line at 12. All, I believe all of them have a good chance of winning, like from Harvick to Kelsolowski to Hamill, Legal, Truex, Dylan Elliott, Bowman. Those guys have a good shot at, at winning, winning at Bristol. Um, yeah, it's going to be an exciting race tomorrow night. Definitely encourage you guys to tune in and, uh, yeah, like, and they'll probably have to come back on the, see, when is the round of three over? Or, or I mean, not round of three, round of 12 over. It's, it's going to be over at some time. But, yeah, I'm going to be doing another episode at the round of 12 when we get to that elimination spot. And, yeah, I'm going to be talking about the chances of who's going to be moving on to the round of eight and who's going to be knocked out. And I'm... Um, yeah, so no no pun intended here, but we're going to switch gears over to baseball now. And, uh, man, whew, has it been some season for baseball? A 60-game season in due part to the COVID-19 pandemic. 60 games for a team to find success and to, you know, just grind out as many wins as they can. And I feel like for the the fans that are used to 162 game season you know there's always going to be those traditional lists that are going to say oh man it's not the same thing i mean i want to see a 162 game seasons well for like 
for for those traditionalists out there, let me be the first to say that I am a baseball traditionalist myself. But if we were to play all 162 games this year, we would have been playing having the World Series around Christmas. And I'm pretty sure not a lot of people would uh, like that. You know, just how cold it is and, you know, not you're not not expecting what city and playing. I mean, like there's probably gonna be guys having to play in the snow and 30 degree weather and nobody wants that in baseball. I mean, that's. I mean, I like I, I I played like when I was when I was playing ball, like I, I played in some cold weather games, and trust me, it is not fun at all. So let's be glad that we're still going to be able to have some postseason baseball in October. But the biggest difference with this year's uh, baseball uh, postseason is that they are adding, like they're they're expanding the playoff bracket to 16 teams. So it is going to be a 16 team playoff with the inclusion of an additional series being the wildcard series, which is going to be a best of three series in regards in correlation with the NLDS was the traditional best of five NLCS, the uh, best of seven. And of course the world series being a best of seven. Now to break down the wildcard series uh, for the NL, for the NL side is going to be NL division number one seed uh, playing the, the, the NL wildcard number two seed or, or and the NL second place team uh, playing the num- number two NL second place Walker team. There's a lot of explaining, but yeah, you like, you know, you go, go to a website and you look at the bracket. I mean, it will break down, you know, for how expansive this year's playoff is going to be. But I do have a little bit, a small, small problem that I kind of don't like, but I understand why they have to do it. So, so uh, as for the wild card series, um, they're saying that the highest seed city is going to be the host for the best of three series that will take place. But you go further into the playoffs with the with the LDS series, the LCS series, and the World Series. They're going to be doing it in a similar fashion to how the MLB playoffs have been doing it, which is putting all the teams into a bubble format and. It's not exactly like the MLB or excuse me, the NBA playoffs where ever all the teams are flying down to Orlando and they're staying at uh, Disney World and you know they're staying in the bubble and they can't go anywhere, they can't leave the uh, the park. Um, what how they're going to be doing it for baseball is that they're going to be having the division the the, the the playoff series in select cities. So for the National League side, the National League teams will be playing in in both Arlington, Houston, Texas. Well, the NLDS, uh, like one series for the NLDS is going to be at Globe Life Park. The other series is going to be at Minute Maid Park in Houston. And for the NLCS, they will host the uh, the host. The host stadium is going to be Globe Life Park for the NLCS, uh, which was also which will also be the host stadium for the World Series. And now for the American League, they will be uh, playing playing their their playoff games at two california stadiums so those two stadiums will will be the petco park in san diego and dodger stadium in los angeles so uh both both those stands are going to be hosting the league division series for the american league and uh the alcs will be hosted by san diego at petco park now my opinions on that Again, I, I do understand why they have to have these different um, these different sites for the playoffs 
because of COVID and everything like that. And these kind of being like open areas for COVID, you know, the numbers are, you know, kind of going down, but they're still not as good. And, you know, of course, you know, the team is going to have to quarantine in the hotels for the time that they're in these cities. And, you know, I feel like with, with how that is, it kind of takes away from the tradition of experiencing the uh, baseball playoffs because, you know, the baseball playoffs is like, you know, you have games happening across the, uh, across the country and select cities where, you know, Hey, like there's teams that, that were one the, that they, they like to have the home field advantage and that's, you know, then that helps them, helps them win. But, you know, of course with the season, not having anybody, any fans attending the games at all, you know, knowing that it's, and there's also been questionable if, uh, Rob Manfred is going to allow any uh, fans at these uh, playoff games in Texas and in California. Um, that that's still in question, and there is also some talk about uh, players, players' families and their kids and wives and girlfriends. They'll you know have a they'll, they'll be able to go to the games. At least they'll, they'll be the only people that'll be allowed inside the stadiums or at least in in the cities and the team hotels where the players and the teams will be staying at. Again, all that is in the question. Nothing has really been solidified as far as that goes, as far as like the hospitality uh, part of it. But they are still going with this new playoff format, and you know, I, I think it's I, I think it's going to be exciting. I mean, it's it's definitely uh, again like this whole season, really this whole season for sports as a whole has been an, an entire experiment. And baseball so far has had the most, um, mo- mo- like probably the biggest experiment uh, to experiment with, if that makes sense. <laughs> but um, yeah, definitely a 16 team playoffs and, you know, like the seeds being expanded. I, I you know, I, I can see it. I mean, I, it does add to the drama of uh, playoff baseball. But, um, Yeah. I mean, but I don't know. I, I'm not sure if they're trying to make this into like a, like a future thing where they'll have a wild card series or, you know, if they want to keep, do, keep doing that or, you know, well, obviously I don't, I don't think the, um, like the, the sites, like the pick sites for the playoff series, I, I, I hope they don't stick with that because I feel like every team deserves to have a playoff series at their respective home stadiums because you know that, that helps with ticket sales, that helps with marketing, that helps with publicity for certain cities you know it brings in a lot of revenue and a lot of money to those cities and to the hotels you know just fan engagement all that yada 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 i i just think you know there's a money grabber in the case of major league baseball you know just having expanded playoffs you know i asked for more tv ratings and that produces into more revenue into the pockets of the uh, major league baseball front off uh, major league baseball office and yeah it's just a money grab grabbing experiment along with you know other sports and um yeah it's, it's gonna be crazy i mean you know i'm looking at the uh, standings right now and as of tonight or as of today tonight whatever um <laughs> uh, the tampa bay rays have clinched the uh playoff berth in the american league east they haven't won the division they've clinched the playoff berth and the yankees are sitting in second place behind them and the blue jays are sitting in uh, second place or sitting third place in the American League behind the Yankees, and right now they're currently the top top three teams in the wild card with the Minnesota Twins and the Houston Astros. 
uh, as far as uh, going down the table, you know, the White Sox, they're the front runners of the American League Central. They clinched their playoff berth maybe um, last night, I, I assume. And um, American League West, you got my Oakland A's, baby. They are leading the American League West by six games on Houston. And their ma- magic number actually cut down to two as of today. So they need two more wins or a team is, or the Astros are going to have to lose a game for the A's to clinch their spot into the playoffs. And for them to win the division, they will have to win the next four games or the Astros are going to have to lose a game and that number gets cut down to three. And then, hey, like, no, next thing you know, they're going to be the 2020 American League Western Division champions. Now, for the National League side, you have the Atlanta Braves, uh, three and a half games up on the Miami Marlins. <laughs> uh, Miami Marlins, that's kind of a, they're a new team. They're a relatively uh, new, new mention in the playoff picture for a long time. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, they are four games out of first place, excuse me. And yeah, they're currently uh, one of the top teams in the wild card right now. And um, yeah, I'm talking about the Marlins, man. I mean, they have, they've been really the surprise of the of the season, even though this this has been a different year for all the teams. You know, having 60 games, I'm surprised how the Marlins have still been able to uh, ter- turn like turn their this short season to a winning season, which is something that they've never came close to in since 2003 that being the last time they were in the playoffs and that being the last time they, they won a world series. And ah, man, I, I'm, I would be curious to see how the Marlins are going to pull this out again. There's only, there's two week two more weeks left in the uh, actually, well, I think it's more like a week and a half left in, in the regular season. And if they could stay in this playoff picture, I mean, shoot, they might, they'll, they'll might, might going to be turning some heads. And maybe when we go back to the traditional 162 game seasons, it's going to be interesting to see if they'll be able to build off the success that they've been having so far this year. Now the Phillies, they're kind of in question, you know, they're sitting at 500 right now. Um, Bit of a a slow, you know, bit bit of a, a borderline shot at making the playoffs. You know, they're like, they're two games or they're two games up on the Mets in the wild card and the Mets there, they, they, they've been uh, on a bit of a streak. They've won two in a row right now. Uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out and gets that last seed in the playoffs. For National League Central, you got the Cubs. They're five and a half up, up on the Cincinnati Reds. Um, Reds, like, well, Cubs and the Reds, they've both been on streaks. No Cubs, they won four straight. Uh, Cincinnati, they won five straight. Um, yeah, not really, a, not really much of a surprise there. I know the the Reds, they've been doing pretty good. I mean, especially with like with them having Trevor Bauer, that starting rotation. Oh my goodness, they are they are like strong. And luckily, you know how good Bauer's been doing. He's just been unstoppable like uh, this this season. He's got a, he's got an ERA the sub the sub one. I mean, if that doesn't tell you, then like I don't, I don't even know what to tell you. Like you're probably just not a baseball fan. Uh, yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how the Reds do. Um, I definitely am. You know kind of glad to see him winning again in some some way you know like eh, it's not really they're not really like having that much of a winning season because they are a game under 500 but they're still in the picture surprisingly but um yeah it's gonna be interesting to see how that how they perform in the playoffs and um yeah Joey Votto he's always been a guy that I've like I like watch playing and yeah, I know they got a pretty good squad over there in Cincinnati um yeah it's definitely gonna be uh interesting to see of course um for all those all the St. John's uh 
uh, basketball guys, you know, you probably, you probably remember Amir Garrett, you know, he had a short spell, a short tenure as a St. John's basketball player before he turned pro in baseball. So um, yeah, I know there's probably gonna be a lot of St. John's guys uh, pulling for uh, Amir Garrett and the Reds and their playoff run. Uh, yeah, we'll just have to see on that. Of course, you know, you know on the central uh, Cardinals, they're kind of still hanging around. Same with the Brewers, you know, the Cardinals and the Cardinals and the Brewers can have, still have that deep robbery. Of course, the Brewers and the Cubs, they have a deep robbery as well. Like the, like the, the NL Central has been known for those uh, big robberies, uh, you know, for as long as, as long as they've been around. Um, yeah, Cubs are a half, they're a half game out in the wild card, uh, at least in that last seed. Brewers, they're a game and a half out. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like the Brewers, they've kind of taken a bit of a dive this year, especially with Christian Yellows. I mean, he's bat like I checked his batting average the other night. I saw that he was batting below 200. I was like, wait a minute, that's not Christian Yelich. Like, what what happens to him? You know, I remember him you know, being like the 40 uh, plus home run guy that was batting the like mid like in the mid 300s, and yeah, now you know he's not really adjusting well to the 60 game schedule as people expect him. You know, he's a former MVP. He's a you know, he's an all-star. Uh, like he signed an extension this year with the Brewers. Uh, I think it was it was a 12-year extension, if I'm correct. But um, yeah, it's just you know, I guess it's kind of like a fall-off year for the Brewers. But I, I don't know. Like they still have a they still have a solid team all around. I think you know, again, this is really this has been an adjustment for a lot of teams, and yeah, you know, a lot of teams they, they don't adjust well to these the 60-game schedule, especially when it's of short notice. But yeah, you expect some of these teams that are, you 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 would you would think would be in the playoff picture now, they'll probably have to come back next year and turn around. I mean, I remember um I was listening to uh, um Dallas Braden and Jarek Jarek Ravis on a on a bars on a starting nine, and yeah, they're saying like yeah like some of these GMs that were making these moves uh, for these teams teams to win, they've just kind of checked out because you know they they can't really work well around the 60 game schedule, which isn't really a surprise. I mean, you know, these, this 60 game schedule has kind of been the, <laughs> been a struggle for these GMs as well. You know, they're there because they have, they had guys that had to opt out, you know, they had to deal with the, uh, you know, players catching COVID and, you know, they had to deal with a lot of in-house stuff rather than on field stuff, which is understandable. As you know, like always, you know, you're gonna have some bad apples on the teams, and they're you know gonna break, either break curfew or you know break COVID restrictions, and yeah, you just gotta handle that as a GM. Like, wonder, oh, am I gonna have to keep this guy, or am I gonna have to cut him? Like, or is he gonna opt out on purpose because you know he's just not performing well? Like, what am I gonna do? And, um, yeah, you do have to feel for the GMs that are in these tough spots. Um, yeah, of course, uh, they did like Major League Baseball has approved that they will have a. Uh, uh, go back to normal next year, depending on how COVID is. Uh, again, like uh, I wouldn't, you know, put anything into uh, like say that's set in stone yet. But um, yeah, we just got to see. Now for the National League West, uh, not really much of a surprise. The Dodgers, there. Well, actually, actually, no, 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 no. I, I take that back. There's actually some some competition, some talk out west in the in the National League West with the Dodgers, the Pod, and the Padres. Like, ooh, I think the Padres are probably the biggest story, uh, uh, like, in baseball right now. You know, of course, with uh, the proclaimed, uh, as, as the words of Dallas Braden, they have the proclaimed face of baseball, Fernando Tatis Jr., who was definitely putting on an a MVP year 
uh, so far. He's definitely been uh, coming out the gates hard. And the Dodgers, no, they've been doing their thing. How they they've always been always been doing over the past. Yeah, it's actually like they're on they're about to they're lined up to win their seventh straight national western division title that they that's dating back from 2013 so right or seventh straight eighth straight um like depending on how you count the years but uh yeah dodgers they're in a good spot you know which is not really surprised there of course with the addition of mookie betts who just signed the extension to be a dodger for life pretty much and you know just that solid solid Dodger squad they have over there yeah definitely been a good good addition and definitely no surprises from their team uh expect them to be in the running for a World Series title but do not count out the San Diego Padres I mean that team is doing pretty 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 good right now of course with um Fernando Tatis Jr. Eric Hosmer he's starting to swing the bat a bat a little bit better now um, Trent Grisham, you know, definitely a surprise guy on there. And of course, even with their pitching, they just added uh, Mike Clevenger by the way of, by way of a trade from the Cleveland Indians. It was like that was last week, right, or a few weeks ago. Like I'm trying to remember when the trade deadline was. But yeah, they're definitely uh, gonna be in some talk. Like they're actually in a good spot right now. They're uh, only four games back, but they do have one of the top seeds for the playoffs. So definitely. Do not count out the San Diego Padres. Definitely look out for them. They're, I think they're a team to team to be reckoned with going in. If you're a National League team, I'll definitely don't don't count them out at all. Don't you know? Like like you might want to come right. You might want to bring your big guns if you for whoever's gonna end up playing the San Diego Padres. You got to bring your big guns for them. Um, yeah. I mean, like as far as looking at this table. There's not too many surprises in here. Again, like the Marlins and the Padres are really the only two surprises uh, out of this out of this table right now. As far as who I believe is going to win the World Series, though, or who is going to be a representative from their respective league in the World Series, oh, man, I do not want to sound biased at all. I mean, I never really intend to sound biased uh, when, when I'm doing – I'm doing like sports talk, but I'm going to have to be for this episode. So my pick for the World Series as from the American League side, as far as representation, is going to be my Oakland Athletics. Yes, I do believe that the A's will have a spot in the World Series in 2020. COVID or no COVID, they are a team that has lined up to win a championship and they're due for a championship, uh, knowing that they, they haven't won anything since 89 so i'm expecting my a's to be in that world series talk uh, come come late october now for who i believe they're going to face oh man it's going to be a you know um I, I like i know a lot of people are saying that the padres they are in the talk right now as far as a world series contender which which is not bad like yeah i, I do believe they do have a shot but um you know, it's going to be a toss-up between the Dodgers and the, and the Padres. Uh, I will say that whoever is going to represent the National League in the World Series is going to come from the National League West. That, that's really all I can say. That's that's my best answer that I can give you. It, it, again, it's a toss-up between the Dodgers and the and the Padres. I can't guarantee anything for the National League. Either now, but I don't know. I, I might be surprised. I, I think, you know, maybe the Braves, you know, the Braves, they've been, they've been doing okay. 
I mean, they've been kind of h- hanging around. I think the Braves probably do have a shot going for the World Series this year. I know they have a good squad over there, Ronald Acuna, Ozzy Albies, those guys, Max Fried. And I, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting to see how these playoffs work out. Of course, with the new expanded uh, wild card series, um, well, whether you, like you win the division or you will become or you're a wild card uh, team, you do still have to play in that wild card series. Um, can't say off the top of my head who's going to make it out. All I know is that I'm more focused on the World Series predictions. And uh, yeah, I mean, this is going to be very exciting, people. I mean, if you're if you're a sports fan right now, this is a good time to be a sports fan. It's like, what a time to be alive, huh? I mean, you you have every sport still still in action right now. Um, yeah, I mean, this is just this is crazy. I mean, 2020 has been crazy, and this and you know, knowing that we have sports in full swing right now, it adds to a crazy society if the society hasn't already been crazy enough. But yeah, that's a that's a conversation in in itself. Um, yeah, you know, like I think I'm gonna I'm gonna you know go on a limb and say like the A's win it all again. I I like I'm not trying to sound biased, but that's just my belief. You know, I'm looking at the looking at the spread right now for the American League, and you know these are teams that the A's can beat. I know for sure. Like they can beat the Rays, they can beat the White Sox, they can beat the Yankees, beat the Twins. Yeah, they, like they the A's should should win the World Series. Again, I'm just I'm just putting that out there. Again, I'm an Oakland guy. Like I, this, that's my childhood team. Like live and die for the team. So, yeah, like don't be surprised if you see the A's a whole hoisting that Commissioner Trophy come October in Texas. Sadly, I wish it could be. I wish it could be in Oakland. Maybe, depending on how 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 the year is or how how society is by the time the World Series is over, I would love to see uh, the World Series parade, but I doubt that's going to happen because of COVID. I mean, COVID is still pretty strong here in the Bay Area and it's kind of still taking a lot of people out, sadly. And um, yeah, hopefully they, they'll, they'll do something to celebrate. Uh, like, hopefully like you know, whoever, like even if it isn't the A's, like whoever, wh- whichever team wins the World Series this year, um, you know, I hope they do do something in, the, in their city uh, as, as far as the celebration because it was actually announced last week that they're not like teams who clinch the playoffs or who win a playoff series, they're not going to have their traditional um, like champagne celebrations that they have in the club and in, in the clubhouses. Like that, that's not going to be like, that's, that's going to be prohibited uh, for the playoffs, sadly. And I feel like that's the best part. I mean, you know, you work so hard to win a playoff series or to win, win a championship. And then you can't even celebrate and the way that you you're you were meant to celebrate with the you know spraying champagne and spraying beer all of each other i mean you, you like the fact that you can't even have that i mean that's kind of crazy but um i do understand it again like you know covid is still pretty strong and yeah i would hate for you know people to catch covid if if it did if it did mean you know for them to party hard after a after a playoff win but uh, yeah, it's going to be crazy. And you know, this whole year has been crazy. So expect a crazy playoff series. <laughs> but anyway, that's going to wrap it up for me. You know, I just want to touch off on, you know, NASCAR and, uh, and the baseball playoffs. 
I know it's going to be very exciting. Definitely, again, make sure to check out that Bristol race tomorrow night and definitely stay up to date on the playoff picture and the playoff race for Major League Baseball. It is going to be very exciting, and I'm excited for it. I'm definitely going to be doing my best to keep up with the action. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I just really – I'll just leave everybody saying, like, hey, um, make sure you guys are staying safe. Um, again, make sure you guys are registered to votes. Again, I cannot stress that enough. Make sure you guys are registered to vote in your respective states, like whether you're in New York, you're in California, Texas, like Georgia, whatever, wherever state you are in, make sure that you are registered to vote on November 3rd or before November 3rd, because this election does matter and your vote will always matter. No matter, no matter who says it, don't let anybody tell you different that your vote does matter make sure you got there to vote people and make sure you guys are staying safe too because i've been hearing about these covid cases on 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 campus of st john's and people not wearing masks and you know, even not social distancing going to parties i've been hearing about it and like you know i and i i i don't usually call call, call people out on uh, on this on the show but you know, i am calling the people out that are not taking covid in a responsible manner so you guys gotta check yourself. Make sure you make sure you are wearing your mask. Making sure you are following the COVID guidelines on campus. Because I would hate to still be at home. Even like for as much as I love being at home, I would hate for me not to go back to New York in the spring or next year, wherever. Because you know there's just some irresponsible people out there. I would hate for that to happen. I want to be back in New York. I know the drama that's going on on campus. And, you know, I wish I could be a part of it, but because of how COVID is right now, I can't sadly. But uh, yeah, make, let that be a reminder for you to wear your mask and stay safe and don't catch COVID on purposely and be responsible people, please. I want us to beat this. And the only way for us to beat this is if we're doing the right thing. That's all that matters. So anyway, I'm gonna leave at that. This has been the Real Deal Bros podcast show. Thank you again uh, to uh, Gary, who's in the studio tonight, holding it down still. And um, yeah, like, thank you again for WSGU, again, number one college radio station in New York. Uh, thank you to them for allowing me to still pawn the show, even from the, uh, the Hall Manor here in Oakland, California. But uh, yeah, anyway, guys, you know, have a safe weekend. Enjoy the rest of your Friday night. And as always, make sure to keep it real. <laughs>